We are Unqualified Parenting. We're here to do the work researching topics so that you don't have to. We're a dad and a mom aiming to bring you our own unique perspective from our two very different blended families. This episode is about parenting your parents and a tale of coming out. And we have a guest. This is Matt. Hi, Jen. Hi, Cody. (laughs) Hi, how are you, Matt? (laughs) Matt is from the Indoctrinated Podcast. Matt, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so uh, it's actually not started yet. It's a work in progress, but uh, about a month ago, uh, I I work with Jen, full disclosure. Am I allowed to say that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, And I told her we had this idea about doing a podcast because uh, I live at home currently with my parents and my uh, two of my younger brothers. Uh, and one of those brothers, the one that's a little bit older, uh, closer to my age, uh, we'll go driving every now and then just to vent, just to survive life living at home with parents. <laughs> and, uh, we started talking about doing a podcast as a means of, not a means of, you know, gaining a social media following purely as a means of venting and like and making that money. <laughs> that would be cool too. Yeah. Podcast money that doesn't exist. <laughs> right. So I told Jen, and she told me about this podcast that she has. It's a secret podcast. You tell she, people that we only do this. Him. No, only I me. only she, told him after he was like, I think I might start a podcast. And I'm I was pretty like, sure she made right. me go and shut the door so no one else could hear. Yeah. I threatened to like, murder my disclosure. wife <laughs> if she told anybody. Yeah, no, no one, one else at my work. Except is... everyone who listens to this all around the world. We love you yeah, all. Yeah. We, yeah, you guys can listen. We just don't want like our immediate family members because you, you guys say the F word, right? That's, yeah. that's pretty much Food. the only reason, right? Yeah, we say, we talk about all the things. All the words. Yeah. I know all the words. <laughs> I've said them all. I well, think, I think we should hear about the other names that you were thinking about for your podcast. Oh, man. True. That's, that's probably the most fun part so far because we haven't actually planned our first episode because we wanted a name first. Because uh, you were a Mormon and mm-hmm. you're leaving the church because mm-hmm. you're gay. And you're not and other reasons. You're leaving because you're gay. <laughs> you walked in and they're like, hey, Matt, we know. Yeah, get out. Get out. Here's time to get out. Either it's, it's like a quit or be fired type of scenario. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so a couple of the names. That we, we had a whole list and we narrowed that down and there was still a whole page long of names. Uh, Born Again Brethren was one that we were really close to choosing. Jen really yeah, liked that one. That one. Cool. Uh, the Kolob Hour. If you knew anything, I don't mm-hmm. know how much you guys know about. He was raised Mormon. I okay. was not. So uh, don't tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, there I've got. If you really want, I can pull it up and, and name some of them. My my name was Homo Momo. <laughs> that or Homo or like Momo Nomo, like yeah, no Momo Momo. Momo. Yeah. Homo Nomo <laughs> Momo Nomo. <laughs> That, it was tempting. Like you'd have she, a you'd have a good following there. <laughs> Just oh, type in a whole bunch of letters followed by O's. And you've got yeah, them. she she gave me all these. What were all of ours that we went through, or did we we did we oh, land man, on this like on first try? No, no, we you, had a you list. You guys have a good name. I like your vote. name. Thanks. A couple of our other ones were almost apostates, <laughs> um, cussing Mormons, damn Mormons, rapture rejects. I think you liked that <laughs> I like that one. Rapture like rejects. rejects. Um, yeah. Inconveniently Mormon. Some of our more recent ones. Um, a big, a big term in Mormonism is the Iron Rod. We are going to be the Iron Rod cast. <laughs> dumb, dumb. I like it. Anyway. I always thought "hold to the Iron Rod" sounded sexual. Always. Yeah. Oh yeah. What is for that? Sure. It's a sexual thing in the church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> it's like 
I haven't gone to church. Anyways, a dream with the thing, and there was like an iron rod, and people couldn't see or walk or something, <laughs> and they had to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And then as long as they held tight, it would like take them to the tree. To the tree of life. Oh, my God. Yep. I can't believe what? I remember that much. <laughs> wow. So he's a burning yeah. bush and an iron rod. Yeah, it depends on <laughs> depends on who you've been with last yeah. night. <laughs> I got a case oh of the iron rod. That was good. Oh, it's better than my burning bush. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into our interview here with Matt and kind of go on a little journey of being in the church, which is kind of a big thing here in Utah, but I feel like it plays a close analogy to other religions. You know, Catholicism is believes a lot of the same things judaism you know the being a um member of the lgbtq or anything i mean there's no church out there that will that is mainstream i guess that accepts you as a normal person Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous and is one of the reasons my wife and i left the church is because we we couldn't understand you guys were still mormon when you got married right um, you got married in the no, Mormon church? No, I left. I but left didn't the, you get married in Mormon church? My first time. Oh, okay. But no, we stopped going to the church about the time I got custody of my daughter. Mm. We went, and our first day back, they were talking about how, yeah, if you're gay, you're an apostate. If you don't go to church, you're an apostate. Sitting there listening to this in a chapel of a church, we both looked at each other and was like, let's get the hell out of here. This is dumb. Mm. And I couldn't imagine growing up through that where you're basically indoctrinated, as your podcast says, mm-hmm. to believe these things. Yeah, like whole when cloth. did you know you were like gay, and then like how long did it take to accept that? Yeah. Uh, so the first time I really recognized it and noticed it and thought something must be wrong with me is because that's immediately where you go. Yeah. Is there something wrong with me? Because that's what you're taught, you know. Uh, so the first time I really noticed it, I was about, I was in seventh grade and uh, it was actually between sixth and seventh grade. Uh, I, I remember having crushes on girls in like fourth grade. There was one specific girl I really, really liked. And I, and I can't say that it was ever a sexual thing. Right. I never remember it being a sexual feeling or, or any, any sort of like lust thing. It was just, I really liked her. Yeah. I asked her to do a dance, you know? Um, stuff like that. And then, uh, between sixth and seventh grade in the summer, I was, uh, signed up for a basketball camp and I went there. I lived really close. It was down at BYU in Provo. Uh, and I met a kid there from New Mexico. His name was Devin. And he became this obsession. I had never met a person that I obsessed over oh, really? to the point that, um, you know, he was a, he was a kid. He didn't have any friends there. And I, I noticed him walking by himself, and I've always been the type of person, at least growing up when I was a kid, if, if there was somebody that was sitting by themselves at lunch, I'd go and, and be you know befriend them. That's just what I did. Um, and I noticed he didn't have anyone, um, and I was like, why do I think he's cute? Like, why? like I just didn't understand it at all. I was just yeah. like, I just want to be this guy's friend. Uh, so we, we were together the whole time at the camp, and then he went back to New Mexico, and my heart was broken, and I didn't Aww. know it. You know, I didn't know what any of this was. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, and he just, he wasn't the type of person that would write, this is before cell phones and anything. So I, I 
was he was just gone. He was gone. I had to, and I I was so obsessed with him. I went to the public library and I saw I found out what his phone number was. It was so crazy. <laughs> How did you find went out to the, the library? I, they have phone books from. Uh, you the, never the, did that. <laughs> I mean, you're not that much younger than me, and he's probably not that much younger than or older than I am. How old are you? Thirty four. You're younger than I am. <laughs> you never did that. No. Oh man, just what. Almost I wasn't same situation. allowed to go anywhere. This girl I was in anxiety. love with all summer moved from American Fork up to Springville. And so we happened to be up in Springville <laughs> as a family and we like stopped at a gas station. I like snuck away to the phone book so I could like look up her parents' name <laughs> and get that number. Yeah. Aw, look at you guys. She didn't romantic. Remember me. But see, that, this was a this was a whole this was a whole different level of stalking because he was in a different state. I had to find a New Mexico phone book and then I had to find his last name and there were like eight people that had the same last name as him and i just cold called <laughs> all of them did you have like a secret word or like an inside joke no. Raspberries. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, i just uh i i don't remember how i ended up getting in touch with him he had given me his, his address like his physical house address so i'd written him some letters that's the only way to communicate and looking back i mean i was literally like an obsessed teenage girl that that's really how I treated this kid, poor kid, you know. Which honestly is no different from any teenage boy at that age with any crush, <laughs> right? Right. Well, it's, and I didn't know that. As far as I knew, like I, I didn't know what I was going through. I just knew I felt strongly for this guy, yeah. and he was a guy. And I didn't think of it as a gay thing. Like I didn't even know really what any of that was. <laughs> I just knew that I missed this guy, and yeah. I, and I, I. So anyway, um, that was the first time I really had a crush on a guy and look, I can look back now and be like, yeah, that was definitely, <laughs> definitely. But so I was 12. Right. Um, and I, uh, going through the next couple of years of school, I developed crushes on different friends that I had never once after that had a crush on a girl ever. Uh, and then as far as accepting it, I think I started real, you know, kind of realizing and being able to put meaning onto experiences when I was about 15. So in like ninth grade, yeah. ninth, 10th grade. Uh, but I still tried to ignore it, and I still even tried to be interested in girls, you know. And, and uh, if if I found out that there was a girl interested in me, I would try to kind of let's see where it goes, you know. Let's Tr trying to fake it till you make it, almost. Absolutely, and I was doing that all the way up until about six years ago. Because I mean, if you think about it, for for us and most of our listeners back then, it was if you were gay, you were an outcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're t not talking as bad as it was, you know, in. in earlier decades, but it was still, yeah. it was not accepted. It was not okay. And it was seen as in the church. It was seen as a huge sin and it still oh, yeah. is seen oh, as yeah. a sin. Yeah. And I moved to Texas. Uh, our family moved to Texas between uh, eighth and ninth grade. Okay. So I, I was, uh, I, I lived in Texas through high school. Uh, it's way different down there, but I was still pretty sheltered by my family. So, you know, mm. I didn't really, you know, I still lived my life the same way I would have if we lived in right. Utah, you know. I knew about some gay people, but, you know, I was conditioned and taught that that's wrong. And so, you know, don't even explore that feeling. And, and right. you know, that's just, you know, I had never come to my parents and been like, hey, I feel this way ever. So they, it was never like counsel, like, okay, you feel the same sex attraction. Here's what we reckon. It was never that. Did you ever confide in any of your friends? The first person I ever even told uh, it wasn't until after my mission that I served in uh, 04 to 06. Uh, so after my mission, a few years after my mission, before I told anybody, a lot of missionaries just kind of, you know, force that down as far as they can. So they don't, they're not dealing with it. That's really hard to do. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. So you go through this progression as a child and you get to the point where you're 
realizing what this is and understanding what this is. And despite what goes on at church, you have to be coming to a point where you go, this this isn't bad. This isn't bad. This is this is nothing I should be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. When did that point happen? Man, that that didn't happen until I'd say like three years ago. Oh wow, really? Mm-hmm. And I I never really felt like ashamed of myself. I just I separated myself. I, I separated who I de- identified as uh, from from the feelings that I had. Yeah. So in my mind, I was kind of two people in a way. Um, the real me was was who I really was, the feelings that I had, the people that I was attracted to, in love with, whatever. Uh, but my outward person, my outward self that everybody else knew was basically asexual. It's kind of how I saw it. Yeah. I didn't want to talk about dating. You know, obviously in Utah, you get above the age of 25 and you're not even dating. You're not even trying. People assume things. Yeah. And they assume really yeah. bad things. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're a failure. Yeah. You're, you're a failure in romance and relationships kids. and... Mm-hmm. You're not going to make it. And it always has, it's always something's wrong with you. Either, either you're gay, which is, whoa, that's a big deal. Or maybe you're a pedophile. And I mean, we, it, we, it gets we, really dark. We hope it's just hard drugs. Like <laughs> right. if we have to pick between gay yeah. and hard drugs, the church can handle hard drugs yeah. more than it can gay. We have gay. a program for that. <laughs> that's a, there's so many of those like just ironic things. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, did any of your siblings know? Nope. Um, and they were all completely floored when I told them. And I've, Did I've you always. Did you tell them all at the same time? Uh, so I told my two youngest brothers at the same time. <clears throat> that was the same day I told my parents. Uh, Russ, who is, uh, he was married at the time. He's divorced now. Uh, he was still married. And so he wasn't there that day. Because I decided to come out kind of on a, a whim. Things, things were kind of crumbling around me. My financial, I was living in an apartment. I, I, I realized this morning, this one morning I couldn't keep living there. And it was, I just felt like, and I was keeping all these, my whole life, I felt like it was a secret, you know, and I was just, it was so much stress and pressure. It's funny because I had a couple of friends and a couple of my brothers mentioned that those, those months leading up to when I came out, they could tell something was wrong. And it's, it's really interesting. So, so was coming out kind of a, a means to an end to be able to come home and it was just I wanted to be out from under this. I, I just felt like I was bearing way too much weight oh, and yeah. pressure. That, and I felt that, that coming out would, uh, if, and, and you always have the worst case scenario going through your head. You know, how many of my brothers are still gonna, you know, I, I never really had a doubt with my brothers. I've always been tight with them, but my parents, I didn't, it, it wasn't that I was worried that they'd not love me anymore. It was more like, how's this going to change the relationship? How, mm. you know, are they not going to want me to come over that much? How are they going to want to, on the other end, are they going to want to come in and intervene and try to fix it? Cause right. that's one thing that they do. How, how, how did you go about coming out? Uh, so I started with my youngest brother because okay. I knew that Ben, uh, would not give a shit. Not one. Uh, so I just like, yeah, I know, dude, give me, go give me a coat. Well, it's, it, <laughs> I kind of wish that would have happened. Um, the, the first person I actually told, uh, so I, like I said, I had told some people, but they were, I wanted to make sure that it was nobody that my family knew. Cause I didn't, I wanted it. I was going to let my parents live their lives and die before I told anyone. I wasn't ever going to tell my parents originally. Um, but I decided when I was going to do it, that Ben would be the first one. And then, uh, and then we go from there. And so I told Ben and he just gave me a hug. He's like, Aww. I don't see you any differently. He was, he was a slightly sentimental about it, you know, which was awesome. What I felt, nice I just kid. felt, yeah. Would you rather have too sentimental or just not enough? 
Like, like w- would it really be worse if they were just like a person? Cool. Cool. Uh, my, with my brothers, I uh, I'm really glad. See, we're we're all uh, sentimentality is something that kind of runs from my dad's side through all of us. We kind of have a sentimental side. So if, if if it's like an important moment, we try to make it feel. Like a lot of gravity. I don't know how else to describe it, it but nice. keep it real. Yeah, enjoy the feelings. So yeah, so it wasn't yeah. it, it wasn't too nonchalant, but it also wasn't like crying or anything. Uh, it was just it was it was a little emotional for me, just being grateful for his reaction. And then uh, so, my yeah, okay, so, so you tell him, mm-hmm. and then you move on. Yeah. So they they did, all came, did he ever say look. Get in the closet, and we're gonna make this super literal. <laughs> I'm gonna get everyone in here. Just hang on. I wish I would have had that idea. I mean, we were actually out at a park. So my parents live, uh, and I, where we live, is uh, right across from Temple Square. Okay. So uh, you talk about a Mormon like family. You know, you you go out on the balcony, and there's Temple Square and everything. It's beautiful. <laughs> it really is beautiful. It's also kind of like anxiety. God's it's watching. You know, yeah, it's, it's a little heavy-handed. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So they live in this There's apartment. There's like church we, bells in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. About a it. choir. She's like, oh, hang on. Hang on. Stop, stop, stop singing. <laughs> Basically. Uh, so I, what I did is it was a Saturday morning and I, um, my brothers were at Snow College, but they, they'd come up for the weekend. So they were both there. So I was going to have both of them come down at the same time, but Tom was out with my dad helping do something. So Ben was the only one home with my mom. And I was like, leave mom there. <laughs> I need to, I need, I might need a few days before I tell mom, even yeah. though I've decided now. Uh, so Ben came down out. We, we, there's a park across the street. We went to that park. That's, that's where I told him. And right after I told, uh, Ben, my, my dad and my other brother, Tom, uh, pulled up and walked over. Uh, well, it, Tom walked over first by himself. So I got to tell him by himself, same reaction, a little bit of a, a sh- more of a shock than Ben not really shocked. Just like, you know, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But no problem or anything. Gave me a hug. He's like, I'm that must, a lot have been, of that must have been weighing, once. must have been weighing so much on you. Like he was more like, like, are you okay? Like you've been holding this in for who knows how long. And, and then my dad came out and I'm like, okay, here it goes. Here it goes. As he's like, smells like whiskey and <laughs> hardwood and cleaning a shotgun. <laughs> we got to go field dress this beer. Oh, what are man. we all standing around for? Yeah. So, so my dad's never been that, that gruff, real manly man. He's, he's, it's hard to describe him. He's a very unique person, but uh, yeah, he's, but he's always been definitely like, you know, men have roles, women have roles, you know, very standard, stereotypical, priesthood holder in the Mormon church. Right. Which is basically the men hold the power and the keys Mm -hmm. to the afterlife. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's pretty misogynistic, but the only way for a woman to get into heaven, the highest to marry a man is to marry a man Mm -hmm. in the temple. (laughs) That man can be married in the temple to multiple women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's very misogynistic. It's yeah. It it doesn't breed a lot of healthy males no, in that no. cultural. And I think and I think that as the generations are are progressing, I think more and more people I think that's gonna change over time. And I think that's great. For people that are in that have lived kind of a similar upbringing as me, you know, and, and uh, one one point of our podcast, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to drive people away from their faith. I think that having faith uh, can be really important to someone's life. I felt like part of my up uh, and you know part of having that faith really helped me um, feel like who I was was really important. Like I was a really important person, no matter what. Uh, my brother Tom is always going to be real strong in the faith, and I and I would never say or do anything to like 
right. drive him away from that. Um, you know, I just want to share my story in hopes that people that maybe are similar to me uh, will hear it and be like, you know what? It's not going to be the worst thing in the world to come out and be honest about myself and live my life. Because uh, after 30 years, so for me, it was uh, almost 32 years. I was just sick of it. I just, I was physically not in, in a good place, uh, just stress, uh, never like self-loathing. Like, uh, fortunately I never, I never experienced suicidal yeah. thoughts or anything. That's I mean, I, I feel like, uh, I've just, I was blessed, I guess, with a really strong psyche and just able to kind of separate reality from, from my feelings sometimes. Uh, not everybody's, uh, that strong. And so anyway, so, so yeah, so your dad walks over, you, dad walks over the news to three brothers, two brothers, two brothers, two brothers. He walks over and man, I didn't know how to say it. Uh, the many years I see, I hadn't planned it because I was never planning to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he comes out and I, I had already told them and I don't remember what I said, but I do remember saying I'm gay. And then the, it, the moment overwhelmed me because those words came out of my mouth in front of him. Which takes a lot of courage and a yeah. lot of strength. Yeah. And so he was standing about as far away as we're sitting, just, uh, you know, three or four feet. Uh, I hoped that I he would have come and given me a hug. I didn't have any, like, expectations of him, of his response. I just didn't want him to, like, get angry, you know? Yeah. His response, as I was kind of trying not to break down but breaking down, was just to keep his arms folded real tight and just kind of stare at me. Oh, geez. That was his response. <laughs> the Mormon dad stare right Perfect. there. Absolutely. Yeah, just like when, like, like a his, Hispanic grandma takes off her sandal, like, you know shit's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's going to come. Uh, I found out as we talked over the next couple of hours, cause this turned into kind of a family discussion. Cause my mom ended up coming out and we all ended up sitting under this tree. This was uh mid May of 2018. So a really nice day, just a beautiful day. And so we're all sitting under the tree. Uh, my mom comes walking out and she's in this great mood. And I'm like, I'm about to ruin her day. There's my, there's my manly man exactly. over there. Exactly. No, that she sees, she sees her husband and her boys out there talking, having a good time. And that's like, her heart is just, so she was so happy. And I'm like, I'm about to ruin her day. And my dad's like, I think you're going to make it better. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> She's, and he's like, you'll see, you'll see. Well, my mom was actually really relieved when I came out to her. She, she already kind of knew. Oh, did she? She was kind of like, she had sus at least suspected for many years. Oh, that's good. Does that hurt to know that like she could have been your in? She could have, you know, as a parent, you know, she could have sat down and asked me and maybe I could have gone on this journey earlier. You know, I'd never, I never would have gone on that journey. I, I would have been, I, even if she had come and sat me, we just didn't have that relationship. We didn't have my, my parents and I didn't have a real trusting, strong bond of a relationship uh, growing up, especially as I got into like junior high, I kind of became a different person in junior high. I got into football and football became this obsession of mine. And I, 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 kind of grew up apart from my siblings and they didn't really like that. And, um, so like, even if they, even if she would have come and sat with me, I, f I would have felt like it wasn't really genuine. You're like, yeah. Go away, yeah. mom. I, don't, she, I don't know what I would do. My mom's like, Hey, you're gay. I mean, if <laughs> no, she would have done it no, that I way. I don't think I am. Yeah. No, you are. You're like, yeah. am I gay? <laughs> I mean, there were so many, like I, like I was in ballet when I was in like first grade. Yeah. I wanted to be in ballet. <laughs> and if you don't, catch it that early 
and know that something's different than that, your mom's like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i mean i'm glad that she kind of helped facilitate my interests but um you know there were signs and if you watch videos of me as a young kid i definitely had a lisp i definitely spoke in a you know Just really a little kind bit of more a feminine, feminine voice yeah and it wasn't until like fifth sixth grade i, I discovered football and I discovered that whole, you know, the testosterone, stuff. testosterone. Absolutely. So to fit in, you know, I really, I really changed a lot when I discovered football and played football and that led into my adult life where I, I still act very hetero, you know, yeah, you can't like very masculine, I should say. Yeah. Um, back to talking to your parents, <laughs> yeah. uh, for the parents listening. So what, what advice do you give to the parents if they think like, is my kid gay? That's a good question. That's one I actually mm. had written down is, is there a better way to like, dude, you gay? <laughs> like, well, how else do you in, breach in that our subject? house, we're very, ju- I mean, accepting of everything. When we talk about my daughter and dating, we never say boyfriend. We never say girlfriend. We just say whoever you date because don't want to push in one direction or other. And she has friends who, whose parents are gay. So it's not like a, odd thing but still knowing how much weight that bears on your soul is i mean are there little breadcrumbs as a parent you can leave that are just like psst, hey psst, read the note you gay <laughs> no okay i'll check on you next year <laughs> i'll ask you when you have some more time to think about it the only thing i would hope is that a, that parents would foster an environment that that is free of uh of judgments and free of of fear because uh, I grew up in a household that was full of fear, looking back at it. I didn't really think of it that way growing up. It was just how it was. Uh, but looking back, uh, not just my sexuality, but anything. If I did anything wrong, I tried to hide it because I knew that I'd get in trouble, even for the tiniest stupid things. you know. And that's not a, that's not a good environment if you have uh, a, a bigger issue or as they see it an issue or a problem. Uh, I've had, so my, my parents are estranged from two of my siblings that are married. Um, and that, that's all happened over the last decade or so. And as this got closer and closer to, you know, me coming out, I was like, I, this would drop a bomb on them. I mean, they've already had two of their children stop talking to them. I'm like the anchor of this family because, because I don't like, I don't get offended. I don't, you know, I, I, I facilitate a lot of plans of you know a lot of things that, that happen in the family now the anchor is um, a disco ball yeah so. <laughs> well, I, that's a good way to think of it actually party so it was so yeah i was i was afraid of that but i think that just in general uh for especially if you have if you're a parent with young children uh it's never too late to kind of change how you're gonna how you're gonna deal with uh with any problem or with, with any issue they have, because their sexuality is probably not going to manifest itself until they're in their early teens. Because uh, I want to say Aubrey's 12 mm-hmm. next month, you know, and she hasn't even given a thought to boyfriends, girlfriends, nothing. And so, so we lucky. just we just use, you know, they and them and whoever you decide to date and we're accepting of anything. And, and if the kid knows that, then they're going to come to you with their problems. So I was not brought up where I felt comfortable going to either of my parents with my problems because they would overreact so badly. Uh, there were so many times where I, not not a lot, but there, there were times I went to them with an actual problem and they turned it on top of 
it, it turned it onto its head and made it my fault. And so after after a few of those times, you just stop trusting them with yeah. You're like I'll figure it out myself. Yeah. Thanks for nothing. Yeah, a lot of it is is aggravated by the fact that I'm living in the house with them, and it's been 18 months. While wow. have you encountered situations where they don't know how to say the right thing? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. They try, they avoid it at all costs. Unless I come to them directly and say, I want to talk about this, which I don't, by the way. If I, the first couple of days after I came out, it How was, was, it had to have been awkward that first three or four days afterwards. It was, a, it was actually really, really nice because they were listening and they were asking questions and I was giving answers, answers I never thought I'd, I'd give ever really? to, to them, you know? They, they were You're asking like, specifics like, no, not like that. Not like that. <laughs> not those types of questions. Oh God. No, they would never. They were asking stuff like, you know, this time in high school, do you remember this? What, what was that about? They remember these little things. And I, so I they're could, like, they're like that sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like your dad sitting down looking at your Netflix watch profile. <laughs> That oh, one I makes to, sense. Oh, I had to be careful about that because I share my Netflix with the whole family and they, my parents have their own login. And Did so. you drop them hints? It's like no. documentary on coming out to your parents <laughs> that happened to be in the LDS church. Oh my add, gosh. Add it to their watch list. See, that might be a movie I make someday. Dang, there's so many great ideas I wish I would have had. <laughs> I have known you guys earlier. Yep. And if you need any smart ass or sarcastic ideas, at, come yeah. back. Find the yeah. rudest straight yeah. people you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What other ways have you had to kind of control or re-educate your parents in how to behave like yeah. well actual I, humans i'm perfectly happy as far as as far as me being gay and them uh deciding they don't like talking about it i'm fine with that i don't need my parents to be these ultra supportive accept me for who i am because that's not how it's going to be because they're super traditional and that's how they're going to be and honestly and even before I came out, I, I've been distancing myself emotionally from, and I've, I, I, I could probably say that with my dad, I've almost completely detached myself emotionally from him. Uh, my mom's still pretty strong there, still got that attachment, but a lot of resentment, not from the gay thing as much, but from other things. Uh, so but as far as educating them, the, the, I think it was day two, my dad wanted to go on a walk with me and he's like, and this is, this is a, a big deal. He's he's like, you know what? I I think that you're confused. I think that you've been lied to by Satan. <laughs> For real? I think you've been lied to by Satan and your you're whole like, life. What the hell? We talked about this yesterday. No, I just I just let him. I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that's what I do. He's if he's he's always right. Uh, so he's like, you. I think this is my theory. You're you've been lied to by Satan your whole life. I think that you just you haven't experienced what it's like to have a girlfriend. You haven't experienced what it's so. How could you possibly know you're gay if you've never been with a girl or had and sex so with a girl? And so I found this app called Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. they say it should be your thing. <laughs> that would be pretty cool Sorry, if you Dad, did that. That's a that's the wrong one. Yeah, wrong app. No, but so so we we got back inside and the the, the conversation continued, and he said, um, "I really don't think that it's possible for you to know what you're attracted to until you've actually." had sexual experience and i was like how did you know that you liked girls when you were a kid <laughs> did you like open the door and there's like three men and three women <laughs> you will sleep with each yeah, and then yeah. we will discuss well, well and then, how does he know that you hadn't well he doesn't 
So, so and I'm not going to tell him stuff like that. So, well, no, no, I hadn't ever had it. You should have been like, girl. Dad, I've been with like 20 yeah. women. It's just not doing it for it's me. It's not doing it. Just started <laughs> listing off all the neighbor's wives. <laughs> <laughs> she was in fifth grade. She um, was yeah. uh, collecting my newspaper money from her. She was a little short, but we figured that one out. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but I finally, like, I finally got through to him uh, as far as, like, why he was wrong. Because he's like... Because I was like, I was telling him about these friends I had in high school that I had feelings for that I loved and actually loved. And he's like, okay, well, I loved my friends in high school. And I said, okay, did you want to hold their hand? Did you want to cuddle with them? Did you want to kiss them on the lips? Of course not. And he's like, no, no. Of course not. Of course not. We played rugby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, that, it, until that moment, and even then, he just, he's like, of course not. That's preposterous. <laughs> So, and he's still, both of them, I think, I, my mom, I think, has a much better understanding of it, but just does, doesn't talk about it. If I went to her and wanted to talk, I'm sure she would, but it would be, it, it would be more of an emotional, like, you know, she still talked about, I think it's still possible for you to marry and have kids and all this. Uh, it's possible because section, because all of a sudden now, after they branded themselves as Mormons their whole lives, <laughs> now they believe that you shouldn't label yourself. Oh. Mm. So don't label yourself. Don't label yourself with your sexuality. You're not gay. You are a son of God. Uh, you have come to this earth and you're living a life to do good things. And I'm like, gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine there. But, and I find that I think a lot of straight members of the church, especially, have a really difficult time understanding what it really means. If, if you decide to live as a member of the church, as a gay man or a, or a gay woman, uh, they have no idea. They really don't. They, they, they consider the church kind of considers homosexual feelings as just another one of those struggles. Okay. Well, the church forces you, if you're going to stay, you have to live celibate. You have to live your life celibate. Okay. And then there's people like, well, what about these single sisters that, that are never going to marry? Well, guess what? They're straight and they have a shot. And if they find someone, God wants them to fuck as much as oh, possible. Yeah. Make those okay? babies. Uh, gay people, even if we had the opportunity, no, we can't if we want to stay in the church. So obviously, and people just don't get that. Some people do, and they're like, oh my God. Like when they, when they, when it finally hits them, I told my dad, imagine it was against the laws of God for you to have, to have feelings for mom. And he still just couldn't wrap his head around that. Never got an answer from him on that. Yeah. Cause it's stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just recently in the, the last general conference of the church, one of the apostles got up and talked about the wrong kinds of love oh, because geez. they're, because everybody, you know, the culture around the world is now, you know, love is, love is love. Love is good. And the church has always taught love is good. But now that it's going against their, their rhetoric and their, and their. It, it's, it's slowly going to come down to where all general conferences is a PowerPoint of sexual positions <laughs> with different people. Approved? Oh, yeah. Not approved. Well, so I was actually approved. researching this for some topics for my podcast. Uh, in 1982, the first presidency sent a letter to local leaders uh, saying that specifically oral sex is now considered that that's considered an an, uh, an unnatural and a uh, like <laughs> I mean, you can't. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't like a unanimous vote. There's one guy in the back that's like. <laughs> Guys, I I really think yeah. there's a better way to go about this. And they're like, put your hand yeah. up, George. Right. So the thing is, like, the it's, back in the day, the church would would make all these weird, crazy rules, and then and then they've never addressed them since. So now that's just like Mormon lore. It's like, oh, I heard from this bishop's 
you know, way back that the oral sex is against the church's teachings. I'm like, I've never heard that. What the hell is that? But like the church just will never come out and just correct things. That pisses me off too. Because they and don't have an actual standing. Yeah, they don't yeah. have a stance yeah. on something. And as someone that grew up in the church, I've always wanted to defend the church. And so anytime the church is painted in a, in a poor light, my initial response is a little bit of anger. Like I identify with this church. It's like a, fo- a football team, you know. Uh, if you're a 49ers fan, you don't want you don't want to be hated on by the media, and you want to have your team represented the way that you think is accurate. It's the same way with how I grew up with religion. Uh, anytime anybody spoke unfairly the way I felt about the church, I would get so pissed, and that's how my dad was too. And I was kind of conditioned that way. Yeah. Always defend the church. So so you know when if I'm growing up and I'm seeing my life is not congruent right now with the church that that's a, and, and for people, I think in that similar situation probably had it worse than me. There's some conflict in within you uh, because at some point, and I had a mission friend tell me when I, I came out to him and he's like, well, you've got a decision to make, dude. Yeah. This was like three or four years ago. Are you going to keep paying tithing to that organization? Cause it's 10% of your income. Are yep. you going to keep doing that? Are you going to keep going to church? Are you going to keep pretending like you believe in it, that you're, that you, you know, and, and, that kind of sparked my journey, that question and that, you know, you got to make a decision. I've been thinking about that moment ever since. And it, it really isn't until like uh, around the time I came out, this guy, I started realizing like, I don't think I want to do this. I don't think I, cause I've, I've faked my life so much don't up you, until this point. Don't you still go to church? Uh, yeah. Cause I live with my family but and my parents. I'm and pretty sure they make right. it a requirement. Is it like of... a condition of living with them? You have to, or? No. It's, it's keeping the the peace. peace. It's keeping the peace. I, I would, and, and we, we, Jen and I were talking in the hall about, uh, being held emotionally hostage. Uh, cause we were, I don't remember, we were talking about just toxic relationships. Uh, and that's really what it is, is that I, they're not, they're not forcing me to go. They're not telling me that I need to go or else I'm out. But I know that if I don't and I come back, there's going to be this feeling, not even maybe a word said, but there's going to be this really terrible thing. And I would rather just put on a shirt and tie, make the sacrifice of an hour or two a Sunday and have and have them be happy and no problems at home. That's really that's why I go. So not related to religion in any way, but like living at home. Have you noticed with your parents getting older, like ways you've had to become the parent with them? Dad, we don't run with the scissors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've actually, now let me, let me pull up because I don't want to miss anything. My, my <laughs> husband's lot. dad is in an assisted living center. Mm. So we very much like, have, yeah. yeah it's, it's so much different than that situation because that you, he actually needs to be taken care of. You know, yeah. my parents are still very young, um, but yeah, my parents are in there. But they still, I feel like they still, like me and my brothers that live there feel like we're the adults in this house <laughs> just because they're so like emotionally unstable, it feels like, especially my mom. Do they, do they both work or are they both at home? No. So my dad works for the church. He works at the church office building and that's why they live so close so he can walk to work. My mom uh, just stays at home and has personal projects that she works on. So she's home all day. And then my three brothers work, or my two brothers and I work. So she's polishing off a box of wine every day. I'm pretty, I'm sure of it. That's her secret. That's why she was like, look, 
Your secret's good. <laughs> oh, gosh. We'll yeah. just keep some secrets. That's the thing. We, and we've talked about this with my brothers. If, if our parents were just real people and not trying to portray this image of perfection, I think we'd like them as people more. We'd, we'd actually... Oh, yeah. But, you know, they're so... Is facetious the word where you're yeah. where you're not really you're putting on kind of a putting yes. on an air. Yeah. yeah. And that's the biggest issue with them is that we feel like they have secrets, but they don't want us to know. I mean, Jen had to go through kind of a rough experience parenting her parents lately. Yeah. Because my my parents were in a motorcycle or motorcycle. They were inside <laughs> a of a motorcycle accident. Like they were in a really severe accident where my dad actually broke his neck and then come to find out he's broken parts of his back too. And my mom, did I tell you she has a traumatic brain injury now and she's super forgetful and she can't watch my daughter. And yeah, I'm an only child. So they're like over there in pain and I work full time. So tomorrow I'm going to be skipping Finley's swimming lessons to like take them some stuff to help. Which is... I was watching from the outside as you kind of went through that, as you were like texting pictures. I couldn't help but think of my daughter. I was just like, holy shit, it's going to just be her. Yeah. It's and hard. Us. Yeah. And I've got a body that's already falling apart. Yeah. You know? It's it's a lot on one kid. Because I see Steve's, I mean, he's like you, seven, seven of them. And uh, a couple of them live out of state, but the ones that are here, like, one of them takes one of them to the doctor and one of them makes sure their meds are all ready for the week. And like, they all do different things. If something breaks, then my husband goes over there and fixes it and they're a team and they all help out. And like, it's just me. Isn't it crazy that it takes a team to take care of your parents? Yeah. It's like they become kids again. It's like a, a village. But you know, is it, is it easier raising kids or easier raising parents? There are a lot of single parents out there with three kids that are making it work. I struggled to just parent my dad, and I've got to like call in backup. I think I think kids are harder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the toddler phase right now, so. <laughs> so they're not driving and getting in car accidents. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can see but, that. I mean, my daughter has a half sister, so I would hope that she would they could help each other with that situation. But I think about that too. Like, what if when you're older, because she's they're nine years apart, so it's huge age gap. Um, well, Matt, what does the future have in store for you? Are, are you dating? Are you on the dating scene? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, about it, it was a little while. It was about six months after I came out. I decided I'm gonna put myself out there, just see what happens. That you know, been so anxiety ridden, just nervous, excited. Yeah. Because I had no, you know, my whole life uh, as an adult, I would say, ever since, because I've been overweight since since after my mission uh, and getting kind of more and more overweight over the years. And in my, you know, the, the type of type of guy I'm attracted to looks nothing like me. And so in my mind, it's impossible for anyone to be attracted to me because I can't imagine being attracted to an obese guy. Like I, I, I actually understand what you're, cause I went through that a lot with my leg, having one leg. Yeah. That was my thought process. You're like, I need up. to find a girl with one leg. <laughs> I got it right. Either find one or make or one. Or maybe one with a, one arm or something. <laughs> find one or make one. Yeah. Flirt to convert. Is that what it is? <laughs> Amputate to copulate. Yeah. There <laughs> you go. That's terrible. Gross. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it was some anxiety. I, 
um, years before I had made like a grinder account with no pictures of myself because I didn't. There is something called Grinder for you real. Didn't know Grinder was a real thing. <laughs> you were joking. It's like it's like. Do you want to mo- see what it looks like? <laughs> I don't know. Do I? <laughs> it's like I mean, if if you had to pick the name for a gay dating app and you wanted to play off Tinder. Oh. I don't know which came first, by the way, Tinder I, or Grinder. I think it was. Was it Grinder? Grind. What would you call it? Bumper. Mm. <laughs> no. Grinder's like. Hardcore. I think, it, I think it gets the point across. Yeah. You didn't know there's a real thing called no. Grinder. Now you know. You should log into his account and swipe. No. <laughs> See what you think. Swipe for him. <laughs> Grinder, I've had profile. no success on. Really? But, but Tinder, I've gotten uh, two. Well, you, you match with people on Tinder. So if you swipe right and they swipe right on you, I'm guessing you get not to talk a... to each other gay section on LDS singles? No, so okay. so the LDS version is uh is mutual. Oh, which uh, all my brothers really? are on mutual trying to trying to find and mutual was, is it's a definitely LDS. That was uh, after my time. Yeah. And you know, me too. So that's about but you don't have an option of of being a guy and being interested in guys. It doesn't give you the option. And then the LDS singles, I guess it was a site, yeah, same thing. So Yeah, that's what I was on. Yeah. LDS singles. And I, I, I tried that too just to see, you know, because I, I thought I'd be living my life pretending to be straight and I really never wanted it to get to the point that I'd get married just for the illusion, because I know there's people that have done that. Mm-hmm. But I that's not something I could have done ever. Uh, but yeah, I've uh, there's actually a guy that I met in July that uh, matched with. Uh, he's he's just into bigger dudes, and I'm like, they exist. They're unicorns, but they exist. <laughs> and uh, he happens to live, you know, just in Sandy. And so that's perfect. Uh, so we've uh, we've been dating uh, on, almost on a weekly basis uh, since July. Have your parents met him? No, and they don't know about it. They him. don't know about him. Well, so they this, ever. This is a. You know, I never thought I'd come out to my parents, so I can't say never. Thanksgiving's coming. Too soon. And and we're not together either. You know, if he was my boyfriend, if I if we decided we were gonna be official. If I asked him, is Matt your boyfriend, what would he say? No, he'd say no. No, <laughs> well, he's this is still we're still in the in the phase because he's we're, we're still about a week away from Thanksgiving. You've got some time. We believe in you. I don't do it the way that Mormons do it. I don't do the whole we you know, my brother knew his wife. Less time than I've known this guy, uh, and they got married in that amount of time. So uh, I've at known, that point, it I mean, out great. at that point, shouldn't, shouldn't we just move to like arranged marriages? I know, right? It, it'd save a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of oh, money. Yeah. All that dating money. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so you you're on a parenting podcast. Yeah. Are kids in your future? Um, I've never thought that they would be. Never considered it, just because. My world, as I've known it my whole life, it just doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, but my world's changing, and it's it's changing even this moment. So um, you asked me about my future. I I couldn't even begin to tell you what but, I think it'll be. But do you, it, like, want? If you could. Yeah. If I could have kids. You find the right guy? Oh, absolutely. I, I love kids so much. I've, I've always been really good with kids. Um, I feel like I'd be a – here's the thing. Part of me feels like I'd be a great dad. Part of me is like, I'm good as an uncle because I don't have to do I don't like doing the whole discipline thing. Um, I love kids. And if I feel like, you know, if I had a kid, there'd be moments where I'm like, I can't stand being around you right now. I want to be like, I want to have good relationships with everybody I know, kids included. If, if I had kids, you know, I want them to uh, to never like hate their dad. Here, and I'm kind of worried about. Here's you know. the interesting 
thing about that though. See, growing up, I always wanted to be a dad. It was like mm-hmm. career day as a kid. What do you want to be? I'm a dad. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make any money. What are you going to do for a job? <laughs> I'm going to be fucking dad. <laughs> but like, yeah. you find that your kids tend to love you a little bit more when you're got some rigidity, yeah, some structure. Yeah, they need structure because then it, they know what to expect. It's scary for them when they don't know how oh, you're yeah. going to be. Like, like mm-hmm. my daughter knows when she's in deep shit, mm-hmm. but she also knows that that love doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. All right. And that makes their love for you even stronger mm-hmm. because they've got that trust. Yeah. So I wouldn't let that hold you back. You can be as mean as you want. <laughs> yeah. And I think that if... Um, if that opportunity presented itself, I'd absolutely want to do it. And there's, you know, there's, so, so I have a friend that is straight that I've had feelings for, for a few years and, uh, he knows about it. Yeah. So, uh, he, he knows about it and I've told, I've told my brothers, you know what, if he, if he ended up having feelings for me for some reason, be all over it. I would say, fuck everything. Um, we're going to move. We're going to get married. We're going to move off. I don't give a shit what mom and dad think. That's a big deal because I give such a big shit about what my parents think. Even still to this day, it's something I've got to get over. I got to get past because uh, it's really debilitating. Yeah. Um, but that that's the thing. If I, f- I know if I find the right person, it's going to be a fuck it moment. It's just going to be like, I don't care what you think or say. If we're not welcome in your home, we're not coming over ever. Um, I don't believe in cutting off relationships. I just really don't. But but I'm I'm starting to to realize that like cutting off a toxic relationship mm-hmm. may be just the best thing for you and there, me. You there, know? There's there's a whole support group on Reddit. You can go to the <laughs> yeah. uh, narcissistic parenting yeah, subreddit. Oh man, and that's yeah. where Jen posts all of her. Post on Reddit. That's about my grandma, though, for one yeah. thing. <laughs> Not my mom. Well, Speaking man, of the, uh, my mom and dad, yes. they they they're gonna make a full recovery, probably like ninety percent sure. Because I realized I said all that and didn't really follow that up with anything. They're dead. <laughs> um, that's not what the podcast was about. But Jen had to. Get I have to interject myself. Attention. So yeah. she yeah. needs to talk about her dead. <laughs> Thanks, Jen, for bringing it all down. <laughs> Just kidding. They're all alive. Barely. <laughs> Shit. Well, Matt, we really appreciate having you on. Um, we always love it when we have a guest. And I feel like it's such an important subject to talk about, children's sexuality. I think there's more we need to go to into that. And maybe Jen and I, we can jump onto that on like another episode. Mm-hmm. Because I think sexual health, especially in Utah, is just not a thing. Yeah. It's suppression, regression. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. not talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot that needs to go about that. Um, do you mind hanging around? We'll do some yeah. segments. Absolutely. All right, Jen. What did your kids or parents do? Parents. We're doing parenting. Yeah, parenting. This is the parenting episode. Yeah. Parenting your parents together, with fun. your pants. <laughs> parenting <laughs> pants, pants party. So my mom watches... My daughter here once a week. Well, she did. She had to take a break <laughs> before she died. The, because she died. <laughs> no, it's so terrible. It's not a funny joke. <laughs> no, it's it's really not. not. It's horrible. Um, but they're both dead. But stop. <laughs> anyway, so like she's she's been in my house, and I know she's very much one of those people. Like, what would the neighbors think? And she's always worried about what others people think. 
what other people think and I know when like her friends come over she's like make sure your house is clean and it has to look good and she's always worried about like what her friends will think of my stuff and it drives me crazy of your stuff yes because it somehow reflects on her so I've noticed she'll buy me things like like we have garlic that we'd sometimes like garlic cloves we would just sit next to our stove and just sit it on the counter and like leave it there normal yeah humans and she bought me this little painted miniature bowl and she's like I bought this for your garlic <laughs> so she like passively aggressively keeps buying me shit for my yeah. house she just she, she leaves Jen house things. she's at home at night laying in bed she's like a that fucking garlic, garlic. Exactly. How, how old is this girl <laughs> she can't fucking I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna go on a trip I'm gonna buy a garlic bowl uh, and bring it to her house she's bought me a new garbage can for two Christmases and she's asked me both times like if you don't want to keep it, it's kind of expensive, so you can return it and get money back. And both times, because she forgot, I'm like, I don't want black. All of our appliances are white. Everything's <laughs> white. Our garbage is white. Did I, you open I can't it up and have... say, what's this garbage? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> so then I've returned it twice. And I'm sure she'll forget again in another Christmas, and because because my white garbage has like some minor stains on it. Like you can't. You have you ever noticed? You've yeah. used my garbage like 50 times. I actually the last game night that we didn't come to is because of the garbage can. <laughs> I told Mikel, I was like, I can't stand to stare at that thing while I'm getting Oreos. <laughs> minor off-white stains on the lid, but. But yeah, it's and I yeah. So she'll passively aggressively buy things for my house. You you need to be to prepared nicer. this Christmas, and maybe get some stuff like that and wrap it up for her. So when she gives you a garbage can, you can be like, "So funny, I got you garbage bags." <laughs> or be like, "Look, mom, I bought you bow tongs for Christmas or something like that." <laughs> Total dick. Just the broken dick garlic bowl. <laughs> I don't need this shit. <laughs> this is my house. Uh. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> that was a true crime. So, uh. Matt, do you have a true crime? That was your true crime? Yeah, because she'll passively, aggressively buy me things, but it's to be nice, but I know it's because she hates how something looks in my house. That's not a true crime. Yeah, it is, because she passes it off as, look at this nice thing that I'm This is doing. a just fucking But I know stop. her... It this, could be a just fucking this stop, is not but a true I have crime. a just fucking stop. Did so. you have to ask her? Now tell me the truth. No, I just, I'm <laughs> like, thanks for the garlic bowl, and I did accidentally break it. So what's going <laughs> oh. But it was an accident. Okay, horrible story. My, this is, holy shit. Like, <laughs> if, if I die and, like, open my eyes and I'm in hell, it's for this one <laughs> thing, and I'll know it my whole life. My grandma's sister, who has horrible dementia and is circling the drain for lack of a better word. <laughs> That's a terrible way to Hand play. paints these porcelain bowls, hand paints birds on them. And we got those as a gift one Christmas. And I looked at my wife and I was like, these are the creepiest looking, <laughs> tackiest looking things I've ever had in my life. But are they like ravens or why are they Yeah, creepy? no, they're just like birds on like plates. And so we like hit them away in the garage and my grandma came once because she wanted to see him oh, let me, I hate because that. grandmas do worst. that yeah it's the verification visit yeah to make sure that you do love their or present i haven't seen you wear that necklace yet let's bring it down let's see you in it 
We got rid of them like two days after we got them for Christmas because we just <laughs> couldn't stand to have them around. And so I do know the whole like broken, but I can't see anything. Yeah. Oh, are you gonna buy a new bowl? We just put them inside something now. Your garlic. You just like your garlic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess she wins either way. <laughs> she wins. What about you, Matt? Do you have a true so, crime? So a true crime. Uh, it's it's really impossible to catch my parents doing anything. Um, what I and I was telling you about this at work today. Um, what I what I'm realizing is that these things have been happening for 30 years, and I'm just now noticing it. So things like, and and not not necessarily any specific thing, but they're uh, they have this obsession. My mom especially has an obsession um, with with us not spending our money on anything. So I'm in school right now. <laughs> she gets she gets like a crack high from it. She's like, not today. Yeah, no, like that's not even exaggeration almost. Um, uh, I, I, I take class online at Western Governors University working on my bachelor's degree. Uh, she's, she's huge about, she wants me home working on school. She wants me to get done as fast as I can so I have to spend less money. Because you go at your own pace, the, the quicker you get it done, the less money it costs. I understand. <laughs> um, so every time I finish a class, my dad's like, let's go out to eat. Let's celebrate. Well, this last time I passed a class, my dad's like, let's go celebrate. And my mom's like, oh, I'll, I'll make, I'll make dinner. I'm like, well, that's the whole fucking celebration <laughs> gone now. Uh, she, I just finished a class, mom. Don't take it from me. I don't want your chicken noodle soup. <laughs> Good as it is. I want Texas Roadhouse. Sorry. So stuff like that, where, uh, any any time we mention, so it, it comes to a point that me, my twenty year old brother, and my twenty six year old brother, are all having to hide. Anytime we spend <laughs> money on anything, we have to come back and make up a story about where we were and what we were doing, so that she doesn't get pissed that we spend money. <laughs> this so is like this is like the mean. Office episode where Andy gets a brand new computer and he and Pam it, and are they in have the to scratch it up. Scuffing <laughs> that's it up exactly so it look new. that is exactly. Thank you for bringing that up because that's He's a great illustration. With the office. Yeah, huge fan. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. We have to literally. Uh, we, Maybe you should just fucking stop doing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next just, episode, I we're gonna have it. Matt's parents on because yeah. oh they've God. got some stories. Yeah, they want to set the record straight. Um, and then just their overall refusal to admit any wrongdoing. <laughs> Isn't that uh, funny? How like growing up, you're like, no, you tell the truth and, and you got to be straightforward. And then you grow up and you're like, what the fuck? Everybody you guys lies. never do that. I'm glad I'm not the only one that experiences that. Yeah. So <laughs> those are the, those are my true crimes. Not that I've ever caught them doing anything. Cause they, again, they, they project this perfect, uh, you know, these perfect lives that they live. They never do anything wrong. And if they do, they never admit it or apologize. <laughs> Can't win. Um, what did you have next? You have a, I have a just fucking stop. So my mom has severe anxiety. So growing up, it's never like, well, you could like if you're if you walk too far, you could like get hurt and have to hobble home. Like it's always the extreme. What if you like, stub your toe forty two blocks from get the house? Kidnapped or like <laughs> something extreme like that. And I remember one of the first like times after my divorce that I was moving out and I was moving into a basement apartment. And she walked in and she's like looking around at everything with this like unimpressed expression. And she was staring at the windows for the longest time 
So I looked at the windows and I know exactly what she's thinking because she's done it my whole life. And there's small basement windows. And I'm like, she's thinking if there's a fucking fire, is Jen going to be able to climb and fit out those fucking windows? And and then like five minutes later, she's like, if there was a fire down here, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, stop. And so now that's what I think of with things. Like my mind will immediately just worst case scenario, not just worst case, but like beyond worst case scenario. You know who else does this? Psycho. Jason Bourne, where's the exit? <laughs> yeah. So, so my daycare person um, might be trying to have a baby at some point. So she's hired someone to like help, so that if she goes to doctor's appointments, then someone can fill in. And she's like, I'm hiring them now because I want to get to know them. She's even her own kid with them, so obviously it has to be someone that you trust and not just some weirdo. And I tell my mom this, and she's like, Well, I hope that whoever it is doesn't post naked pictures of Finley on the internet. And I'm like, why oh, would you, what the fuck? Like, why would you go to that? Like, oh. it's not even like hurt them or like be mean to them. It's like Mom, straight pedophile. They like need, immediately. They don't need pictures of Finley. She's already got the site up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that's Pretty disturbing. That's how her mind goes. Like it's beyond like worst case scenario. It's like wow. worst case and then upgrade that. And then that's what she thinks immediately. Is this like, kind of like that story when you were pregnant? and you were hungry and Steve was like doing something and you got really emotional and you were going to tell him that he's killing your baby. <laughs> yeah. Cause I couldn't eat food in time. Yeah. It's like that. Like five I minutes. so hungry. <laughs> You're going to kill my baby. He was filling up the car with gas, and he's like, stuff the drug with gas. Like, it was going so slow, and I could see the numbers just like, and I was starving, and I started texting him, the baby's going to die. And then I'm like, no, delete your hormonal, delete, delete, delete. And I didn't send it. Kill my baby, (laughs) Filling up the car, gang. But yeah, now now I'm broken because when I see something, like I always think like like if I can't see Finley, immediately I'm like, she's ran over in the street. You need to carry a safety pin with you. And every time you think that, just stab yourself. Right in the eye? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I think that'll work. <laughs> That'd help. <laughs> Sounds healthy. <laughs> well, it's conditioning. We're unqualified. Yeah. <laughs> Follow her. Don't take advice, please. What about you, Matt? Do you have a just fucking stop? Oh my god, yes, I do. <laughs> so, um, so my mom for the last I don't know how many years, at least seven or eight years, uh, almost on a nightly basis, she she wakes up in the middle of the night and does a round to check on everybody. Sure, everybody's in their bed asleep. Kind of what she did. She's do. like, you didn't spend any money today, did yeah. you? <laughs> well, she, You're not gay, are you? Okay, I'm going to the next one. Matt, are you Is still there gay? A boy here? <laughs> you might well, be she, gay, but you didn't spend a dollar. <laughs> God oh, still God. loves you. We could, oh, we could still go on for like two hours about some of these things that happened with my mom. But, um, anyway, we'll stick to this. Um, uh, she'll get up completely just sleepless because she has to check on all of her adult children again my brothers are 20 and 26 and i'm 34 they begged us to move in because all you know my brother came home from a mission in africa doesn't really have school yet so he needs a place to stay russ just got divorced move in we got the spare bedroom me i'm gay move in we'll fix you (laughs) i'll play away the gay yeah yeah that's what she does and that's another story (laughs) She's very close to God. She talks to God a lot. And God tells her <laughs> things about my future. 
Sounds like that sounds like a meth addiction. <laughs> and I'm really like. like I'm reducing it to like as funny as I can make it sound, but that's basically what it is. But um, so she'll come in. So I have sleep apnea among all my other health problems and gay problems. I have sleep apnea, which is <laughs> the most annoying disease to have, <laughs> honestly, because <laughs> you can't just lay down in bed and have a nice sleep and wake up not having a headache <laughs> or not feeling just absolutely horrible. So I have to wear, and I also have jaw pain, chronic jaw pain. So I can't wear those mouth guards that pull your jaw forward or whatever and help you breathe better. I have to do the CPAP. It's really the only way that works. So I wear the CPAP at night and almost every night I wake up about 4 a.m. to my mom coming in and adjusting it for me because oh it's not on gosh, perfectly. Oh my gosh, thunder in the fucking face. That's so annoying. <laughs> Oh my Every gosh, morning, that would I'm like drive me nuts, someone like touching anything on my face. There's a there's a quick way to end that. <laughs> Put a lock is. on the door. I know, but no. no. You beat the shit out of her <laughs> when she does it. <laughs> and you it. tell her, look, I have been trained. You know this about me. I have PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a string with like some cans and then when she walks in, go, 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 go. mom, get out. <laughs> oh or, my god. You set up a dummy in your bed, and you hide in the closet, and you go, <laughs> and then that can be your coming or, out story. Or when she comes in, Mom, you're going to wake up my boyfriend. Oh, my <laughs> God. never coming again. That's true. No, I mean, I think the uh, best solution is to put a lock on the door, but that, just, that's actually even scarier. Just leave a dildo in the middle of the <laughs> yeah. floor. Oh my God! Me and my brother just talked about it. <laughs> yeah, you spent how much? Not that she's upset about the dildo. She's upset about how much I spent like, on it. Matt, I've got a dildo guy. <laughs> That's totally within character, though. Hey, it mom, really I is. bought it used. I swear. <laughs> What's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the worst, the worst, and she she's done this several times. It's not as often as the fixing my CPAP, but. Um, they go to bed. My parents go to bed about 930 every night. And we, this is us parenting them. Not nearly like what you guys do parenting your parents. But we put them to bed every night by going in because they want to have prayer with us every night. So every night at 9, 930 or so, I get the brothers. We go in there. We have a prayer. They're all happy. They go to bed. <laughs> and then we go and we do our own thing. Drink and until like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah. Parents are in bed. <laughs> uh, we... Uh, so, so we're up for at least like three more hours after that. Um, and every now and then I'll be on my laptop in my room. So I've, I've got the, like this, this sofa chair that I have and I've got a, like a board that I got that I can put my laptop on so I can do my school stuff there. So, uh, this particular, this has happened two or three times, but I'll be on my laptop. It's like 1130 and my mom taps on the door and she always taps i always know this was her because it's this really polite little tiny tap i'm like oh fuck <laughs> and she she comes in she's like can i come in honey and, are you decent and she, yeah and she's like you clearly gay porn again yeah no i'm getting there <laughs> oh, you're no. not wrong no, so she uh so she's clearly been asleep for a little while because you can tell if someone's been asleep her eyes and she's like wow are you you still up and i'm like it's not even my bed it's not even midnight yet you she feels she thinks she woke up in the middle of the night she thinks it's like 3 a.m and i'm still up it's 11 30 mom i was in your room five minutes ago <laughs> yeah. son of a bitch yeah um and she's uh she's like she immediately go, you know how your mom goes to worst case immediately she's like are you okay is something wrong do you want to talk she goes to this you know and i'm like no i'm good and one time she walks over she's like what you looking at Oh, no. And it wasn't out of curiosity. 
it was she had to check she had to know that i wasn't up looking at porn <laughs> at 11:30 at night she had to know mom it's the straight stuff okay <laughs> you don't have to worry <laughs> I'm trying to fix myself, Mom. <laughs> just like you would want. Just like Jesus said. I'm trying to pray it away. Yeah. I'm holding to the rod, Mom. <laughs> Excuse me while I hold to the rod. Oh, my God. Um, but uh, Russ had, had a worse... Uh, man, there's so many stories, but we'll stick to this one. She... Uh, she came in, and my my, pair, my, uh, my two brothers sleep on uh, bunk beds so they can fit in that room. Russ is on top bunk, and my mom walks in at like 11 p.m., and he's on his phone playing a game. It's like, um, you going to turn that off and go to bed, honey? He's like, yeah, a little bit. He goes back to play and she goes away. She comes back like five minutes later. Um, why did you turn that off and go to bed, honey? <laughs> what the fuck? This is just so infuriating. And it's just like, I almost feel guilty for being angry at this stuff because it's so like, compared to other people's parents who are actually like horrible to them. These are just like. They're too nice. That's controlling. They're, yeah, no. it is. It's manipulative. You, you have to fix that CPAP. Because, like, that would give me PTSD. You're going to move out and you're well, going to wake just, up every night yeah, at four yeah. just picturing. Get some Vaseline and put it on there. And yeah. She's like, Matt, what is this? <laughs> Mom! That's pretty good. I was doing well, something. She, she's, but she, she'll pass off every one of these behaviors and blame it on being a mother. It's just how I am. It's how I'm wired. And guess what? That's one of the signs of a manipulative yeah. relationship is that they'll, yeah, they'll blame it on something they can't right. control. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm a mother. Yeah. That's a, that's, Doesn't matter. I'm a human. Human, yeah. So yep. fuck off. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I need to start saying. Well, I'll I don't know if I go that update. far yet. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe it'll get through. But um, but no, like I think you should fix the for, CPAP. Yeah. For yeah. for right that's now, terrifying. and it's and you know her excuse is I am worried that you're gonna die in your sleep. Okay. Well, well that's gonna, a valid. You, how are you gonna fix it? I'm dead in my sleep. What are you, what are you what gonna do? Find out I, first. Yeah, like yeah. what do you, you should, want? You should do it to her. You should wake her up with CPR. <laughs> no. The funny thing is, she wears a CPAP as well. She's got sleep apnea. Oh, you totally should. So I could just go in there and be like, do it. Just wake her up. You should just take it off and disconnect it. Be like, it needs to be cleaned. I'm pulling the cord, mom. When's the last time you cleaned this? Oh yeah. No, but like that's the thing is they're so nice. She and my mom especially, every single thing she does, she you know you feel like it's because it's all out of the goodness of her heart, and she just wants the best for you. Mm -hmm. But it's so damn annoying, and maybe it's because I've lived with them so long. But our solution right now, we've we've decided we're moving out in February. That gives me enough time to make some more pay because I'm only paying. They're only having me pay a couple hundred in rent, which is great. I'm able to save, put most of the money that I'm. Uh, that I'm making onto debt payments, which has been good. So that's our plan. Rather than like revolt, we're just gonna we're gonna move out and we're gonna hope everything stay. You know, <laughs> won't have to go to extreme measures hopefully for a long time, but we'll see. Well, good luck. I want to be kept up to date with how you solve the CPAP problem. <laughs> we might have to have you back on for a quick second. That would so give me can... like such anxiety, so bad. Like like someone I've got in my so room. So many ideas on how to like fix <laughs> me <this>. too. <laughs> Like electricity, one. Yeah. Okay, I've got another one. Bucket with water. Bucket with two. water. <laughs> two electricity, but more of it. And with water. <laughs> with water. <laughs> well, I think that wraps it up for us today. Yep. Um, we want to thank Matt again from the uh, Indoctrinated Podcast. Hopefully, they'll have an episode out by the time this airs. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah I think we four will. Weeks out. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah, yeah we'll so. put a link to your to your 
podcast on our show. Have we moved out before you, this good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Well, thanks for having me. It's really fun. I was, it's the first time I've ever been on a podcast. I was a little training for my own coming up. So It's, it's just a continual shit show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> From start to finish. <laughs> well, Jen, do you want to read them out? If you would like to subscribe or rate us or comment or do anything, that would be awesome. We're on iTunes, Spotify, all the places that you can get our podcast, or you can email us at hello at unqualifiedparenting.com. We want to thank all of our Patreons, all of our yes, listeners. Thank you. And we love you. Thanks for surviving another fortnight of parenting. <laughs>